This is Andrew Kolb, and you're listening to the Master of One podcast. You can find me on everything at Kolb is Neat. Welcome to another episode of the Master of One podcast, the podcast that just got released from our glass bottle, and it smells in there. Part one this week, we talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, War Machine, Sagrada, and Trudy Castle. I'm Andrew, your master of art and design. I'm Patrick, your master of television and film. And I'm Luke, your master of toys and games. So point your compass to the thing that you desire most, because it's time to set sail on another episode. But it's pointing back at me. every episode off by going around the table, which is where we talk about something new, fun, and noteworthy about our weeks. Luke, I can't wait to hear about your week. Okay. So is it Patrick name no, first, I, or is it me? See, I wasn't excited to hear about your week, but he sounded so excited, right? but now I am. You're welcome. <laughs> um, man, okay, so this week uh, I got a couple board games in. Um, uh, one I will talk about later, um, but another one I got called Tiny Epic Kingdoms. Um, it's pretty cool. It is a uh, it's it's kind of like um, it's hard to explain because it's it's a very unique <laughs> it's it's a very unique game. It's basically you, you have everybody has this kingdom that they're trying to gather resources and expand expand. Uh, <laughs> Expand their <laughs> land. <laughs> uh, little little do people know. Here's a little peek behind the curtain. Uh, Luke literally doesn't talk from episode to episode, <laughs> so he's just yeah. getting his very. He's it's holding like this box words. three inches from his face, just sounding it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're trying to expand your kingdom uh, and grow your tower the highest. So that's that's how you win. Whoever has the highest tower. Um, but it's a it's a relatively short game. It's like a half hour long, uh, two to five players. That's, that's ironic. What? Whoever has the tallest tower. It's a relatively short game. Uh, I, see what you, uh, I, see, see. I see. I see. I see. I see. It's a playoff of short um, and tall, Patrick. But this company, uh, this company, I totally Gamelin, thought you were making like a genitalia joke. Uh, what? No, don't be gross. Yeah, that's gross. You're right. We would never um, stoop to that level. Never. Go ahead. Um, but this is, it's one of, uh, three different games, um, by Gameland games. They have tiny Epic kingdoms, tiny Epic Western and tiny Epic galaxies. Um, I played more of galaxies and that's why, um, and I got it. Uh, one of my friends that I play board games with a lot, he bought that. So I decided to buy kingdoms, uh, to see what it was in comparison. Um, it's really fun. It's, it's a pretty simple game. Uh, real, real easy to get into. Um, so I've been playing that, and uh, other than that, I went and saw Pirates. Uh, I yeah, took you Milo did. to Pirates. Uh, man, okay, so are we going to talk about it during the movies, though? Right? Yeah, it's okay. You just wait, then I guess. Just wait, <laughs> yeah. and I'll tell <laughs> you gonna, what I think. So excited! Like, oh my gosh! I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about it. It's during fine. The movie I'm not, I wasn't going to go in depth. I was going to say whether <laughs> I liked it or not, but I'll just Dude. wait. So, Andrew, what, tell us about your week. 
Okay, so my week has been um, relatively crazy uh, and busy, but um, one thing that I've been able to do this week is find a new game store that's actually relatively close to me. Oh, that's um, cool, because the other one was kind of out of the way, it felt like. Well, it's like, yeah, it's like 25 minutes away, and it, yeah, it becomes a thing. Like, you got to have to just kind of go with the flow when you go there. But this other place is not that far away. It's about 10 minutes away, um, and it's like right down the street from the Alamo Draft House. So it's like... Whenever I go there, I can just kind of pop over. It's like so, a win-win. Um, I got this game. Have you ever played the game Love Letter? No. You've heard about it, though, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so um, I, he- I had heard about the game Love Letter. Um, I-, I think I actually even played it one time with uh, Jonathan Green, so with Bubba. Um, but when we were hey, at happy this birthday, game store, Bubba. That's true. Your birthday was like a couple Today, weeks ago. I think. Um. It's not today. Yes, it is. <laughs> I miss um, him. So uh, I'm so I'm sorry, Patrick. I'll connect you two, and you guys can fly together and okay. have fun. <laughs> um, so anyway, Love Letter uh, is a game about like winning over a princess, right? And so yeah. uh, what I saw uh, on the shelf at the game store was Adventure Time, and I'm like, oh, Adventure Time, cool. So I grab it off the shelf, and it's Adventure Time Love Letter. So it's a themed version of the game Love Letter, um, which, again, is a game all about wooing and winning over a princess. So it makes total sense for Adventure Time. It works really well inside of that kind of universe. Um, And so I'll just kind of give you a quick rundown of it. Um, You have different characters, and different characters have different roles, and the roles have different values to them. So you, I'm showing the guys on the the epi- on the screen, mm-hmm. but um, the goal is to get the closest to uh, to number eight, which is princess, um, and at the end of the round, and at the end of the round, whoever has the highest points or the last person left um, gets a token of affection from Princess Bubblegum, which are these cool little they, they're, they're the same like kind of yeah it's it's like a miniature version of the quartz uh, crystals yeah but each one has a different color so that's cool. Um, so that's it. And after five rounds, the person, or the, after however many rounds based on the number of players, um, whoever has the most of these wins. Cool. Um, and it's very simple, very fun. Uh, strategy is there to a certain extent, but a lot of it is just kind of luck of the draw. Um, so anyway, but the art in it is is fantastic. Um, if you're a fan of Adventure Time, it's kind of like a more dimensional version of that. It's like uh, almost as if someone was painting like fine art portraits of these characters in medieval clothing. Nice. Um, so it's it's more uh, dimensional. You know, it's shaded and things like that. But it's very very nicely done. Um, it was super cheap. I think I paid ten or fifteen dollars for it. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. It, you can play the whole game in like 15 or 20 minutes. So, um, it's a good one to pick up. Uh, besides that, uh, I picked up these little blind bag, uh, blind box, um, Disney Crossy Road. Have you ever played Crossy Road? Yeah. Okay. So have you played the Disney version of it? No. Okay. So Disney has a version of Crossy Road, which Crossy Road is essentially just Frogger, but three dimensional. Disney has a version of it where you can unlock different characters from some, some of their different franchises. Um, so, uh, I we picked up. They have figures now. These little oh, blind cool. bag figures of them, and so I think I have about eighteen of them. <laughs> um, oh, that's they're cool. like two bucks at at Target, um, but they're super fun. Um, showing the guys, they're <laughs> they're little eight bit yeah. characters, and they're actually done really well considering um, considering the the va- you know the cost of them. Um, they're they're not like cheaply made. So anyway. Uh, Disney Crossy Road and Adventure Time Love Letter. That was my week. It's Lots Crossy, and- like 
Crossy, like C-R-O-S-S-Y. Okay. Road. R-O-A-D. They have to cross the road. It's like Frogger. It's in the a sense super that simple crossing game road. mechanic. It's fun, too. It's kind of yeah. surprisingly addicting. I've, I've never heard of it. Okay. Yeah. Um, Patrick, why don't you take us home, dude? Yeah, so dude. this has been... Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know why I said dude. Dude. This is... I'll always remember Luke A. Nah, I hate nah, that. I hate that. <laughs> nah, uh, I hate that. will always be stuck in my mind. Um, yeah, so this has been a, a bit of a week of spending money. So a, a couple exciting things. Now, unfortunately, I'm now in Andrew, Andrew's boat where I get to wait for three years for the things that I buy. <laughs> but I picked up the um, life-size baby Groot uh, hot toy from Sideshow Collectibles, which was very exciting. So this will be my first hot toy. Mm. And, um, you know, it, the reason it's life-size is because baby Groot is very tiny. But it comes with, like, uh, I think um, three different faces you can swap out, four different hands. Uh, and, all, and it comes with, like, the little, I think, the jumpsuit that he puts on, the one that's, like, solid for him or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So... Super pumped to get in. It looks awesome, but unfortunately, I won't see it till like May of next year. So, yep. <laughs> Happy birthday. So, yeah, uh, nice though. Delayed gratification. It's Patrick's favorite thing. I know. <laughs> and by that, so by that time, I'll be ordering Teenage Groot uh, <laughs> by the time I get it. So, the other thing I picked up, and I, sh- I don't know why I waited so long, but I picked up the Pelicant uh, figure oh, nice. from oh, yeah. Joe Ledbetter and yeah. Kid Robot. So, um, it, we, I talked about it on the show one other time, it's, it's a pelican and it has these like holes in its big bill. And so like all the water is spilling out of it. Did you get the regular version or the variant? I got the regular because the regular yeah. has the clear water Yep. Nice. and as, as much as I love to, you know, have the limited pieces, whatever the, the regular just looks so good with that it clear does. water. And, and apparently, so they have a little behind the creation that you can read, and uh, Jay Led says that that was actually the uh, the idea of someone at Kid Robot to oh. do uh, that, you know, uh, whatever that material is for that cast. Acrylic. But anyways, yeah, sure. I'm going to go with acrylic. That sounds good because you said it and you're, you seem smart. Well, the clear um, is acrylic, I imagine. The resp yeah. is probably plastic. Right now, I think it's just cardboard, uh, <laughs> but it's just like really thin and they just layer it a lot. <laughs> Anyway, uh, the figure looks great. Glad to finally have ordered that. And so yeah, that I'd, should I'd be go with that. That should be coming at any time. Layered now, cellophane. One thing I missed when I talked about it last time is that this piece is it is the lead into the Joe Ledbetter Outsiders Blind Box miniseries coming from Kid Robot. Nice. I did not realize that. I thought this was a standalone figure, but this is the the lead into that. So. I don't know when they're going to announce that. I don't know when I'm going to see the pieces. Who knows? Maybe if I paid more attention to J-Led's Instagram, I would have already seen some designs. But uh, that got me really, really excited because the last blind box set I can really think of was the Chaos Bunnies. Yep. And uh, and I loved those figures. I, they were some of my favorite. And, and honestly, probably the only good figure that um, Loyal Subjects has produced. And so I'm excited now that J-Led is with Kid Robot, this series... Uh, and it seems, just by the name of it, it seems completely in his wheelhouse. So super pumped for it. So yeah. that's my stuff. Um, other than that, I you know, who knows what I've done. We, honestly, I've been working on a... <laughs> I would hope you. No, I've been working on a project that we can't announce yet. But yeah. that's that's been the rest of my week. So just enjoy that little teaser that there is something big afoot. Yeah, We're doing a TV got a big show. Foot. 
Oh, well, there Spell it was. Patent me. <laughs> <laughs> and now Patrick has to decide which one of the hosts that's going to be the and me. <laughs> um, so uh, I guess if that's it for your week, then I guess that's it for around the table, which means it's time for master categories. Easy bitty bodies. <laughs> Here at the M of One podcast, we are all about you, our community. We want you to walk away entertained, informed, and inspired to make something great. One of the ways we do that is by equipping you with the best tools out there. We love partnering with companies and individuals who are just as passionate about producing products for the creative professional, no matter what field they're in. So, if you're someone who wants to connect your tools with our audience, then reach out to us by going to mofonepodcast.com and click advertise in the footer. You and Master of One, better together. Every week we talk about our master categories, which are the categories that we drew the week before, week before. by our random tokens. Randomly. Yes, exactly. And last week, we all managed to get our own categories Randomly. once again. It's a beautiful what, what? thing. Did you really not hear me, or did you? Need- no, I'm trying to be a hype. <laughs> I, I feel like we've never really tried the hype man thing. Oh yeah, no, I think there's there a reason. might be re- yeah reasons. <laughs> reasons. Um. So Patrick, why don't you uh, let Luke tell us about his master category oh. as the master of toys and games? Dope. Okay. 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 All right. So I got this game called Sagrada, and it is gorgeous. Um. It's based on, uh, so this game is a dice drafting game where you are creating stained glass windows. And it gets its name Sagrada from the Sagrada Familia. Uh, It's a basilica in Spain. It's like a really famous um, church with tons of stained glass windows. Um, The family of Sagrad. Yeah. Uh, So it is uh, really easy to pick up. The rules are a uh, one-page folded in half, and that's all of the rules. It's so simple to teach now and learn. Now, it's eight feet long. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. So what it is the is um, you draft these colored dice, and then everybody gets Can I a, just say that I don't even care about your gameplay because the idea of it's a game built around just fun-looking dice has me so excited. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. When you say drafting dice, what does that mean? Okay, so based on the number of players there are, you you pull out like let's if there's if there's three players, you draw seven dice, and um, it's you know all different colored dice. Uh, you They're translucent roll, colors. Yeah, uh, there's um, I think there's six different colors. I don't remember exactly. Okay. Um, you roll them, and then each player takes a turn picking one of those die. Um, and how it works is everybody's working together. You get you, you, everybody gets their own card, um, and that it slides in. It's also a really smart board design or, or pieces design because yeah. I don't know if you can tell from this, but these are indented, so the dice actually yeah. sit in there, and, and it's it's just looks really cool when it's all together. Um, but you take turns picking a die. Um, and then as you go around, it's a snake draft. So what's that mean? What that means is when you get to the last person, it, it then starts at them and goes backwards. Um, and you take a die and you place it in your board and there's rules on placement. Um, you can, um, you can't place any color or denomination of die, uh, adjacent, um, with another one. Um, it like, you can't have two reds beside each other or two threes beside each other. Um, 
Can you box yourself in where like you can't finish your board? Yes. So that's it's it's kind of like each person is playing their own little puzzle game, um, and you're drafting these dice to try and fill in certain parameters. And there's ten rounds, and at the end of ten rounds, you get points for different things you've done, and whoever has the most points wins. Um, there are these cards that have uh, different tools on them that let you do different things. Uh, so if there, there's a tool like if you want to uh, move any one die in your window ignoring the color restrictions or re-roll all dice in the draft pool um, and different things like that. But those take um, a certain – those take like a, a fortune token um, and each player starts out with um, a couple of them depending on – again, how many players are playing, um, and you you pay to use the tool, but then once it's used, it costs more for the next person to use it. Um, so it's, it's kind of one of those where you want to get it for cheap, but they do a lot more later game. Um, so it's, it's kind of a, a strategy of how to play against the other it's players. A gamble. Yeah, but then also complete now- your puzzle. Now, is the goal that everyone completes their puzzle or to be the first person to complete it? Everybody wants to complete it. So everybody is, is drafting these dies over, uh, over the 10 rounds to complete their window. Um, and then you have secret objectives like if I'm supposed to have the most red card or the re- most red die or the most blue die or whatever, and I get um, X amount of points per die I have of that color, um, and that's, you know, that's another added, like, point value and a way to differentiate. Um, but I've played one game so far. It's really fun. It's, uh, like I said, it's very simple to learn, uh, and it plays uh, relatively quickly, um, and it's it's really fun. So um, you can get it on uh, Cool Stuff, Inc. You can get it on um, Board Game Geek, and I don't know if Amazon has it uh, still in stock, um, it was low, but or yeah. just look for your local game. Yeah, people. it's it's it was just kickstarted within the last year, so it's it's pretty popular. Um, it's kind of hard to find, but if you find it, it's worth it. This is probably the most like of all the games you've described. This is the one I most want to play that you've talked no, it's about. Co- so it, the best thing about it, it's kind of like re- reminds me of of Quartz that Andrew brought up and that we played together. Um, it's a very good gateway game for people that want to bridge from like Catan into more like complex board games. It, it has a really easy on ramp into more complex puzzle and strategy um, than most board games. They made $150,000 on their Kickstarter. Yep. I got to make a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, right. that's it. Sagrada. Check it out. Uh, let's throw it to. Patrick. I'm going to be honest. I was yawning just then. I I just, I feel like (laughs) full discretion. That's what just happened. Okay. So I have a TV film that that's what it is. Uh, TV. I'm not going to be watching any new TV yet because my wife is going through the office for the first time. So that is just completely the first time. Yeah. It's completely on lockdown. She had seen like most of the first like two or three seasons, but like we just, and see, now I'm af- I shouldn't be afraid of spoilers, but, like, we just got to the part where Pam and Jim found out that they're pregnant, 
And yeah. so she's like on the edge of her seat during this she's part. Flipping so her, flipping her flops. Yeah, TV's on lockdown, but movies. There's a couple. There's two specifically really big ones this week. So uh, first one, War Machine. Uh, this is uh, with uh, Brad Pitt, um, and it's uh, Netflix. So I don't know the. So here's the problem. I don't know my own semantics. I want to say Netflix original, but no, the rights were bought by Netflix. It's actually being produced by someone else, and they had budgeting issues, and so Netflix purchased it. But um, anyway, it's it's uh, based on the but book. But it's a Netflix exclusive. It's a Netflix exclusive. Thank you. That's better. It's based on a, a nonfiction book called The Operators, and uh, it's it follows uh, four star general Glenn uh, McMahon. It looks like McMahon or McMahon. I can't. Honestly, like, I, I just watched it today, and I can't even remember how to pronounce his freaking name. So that, that tells you how memorable it was to me. Glenimal. Yeah, it's a Glenimal. Thank you. Um, but anyway, it just – basically what's happening is that the war has been dragging on. They've removed the person that was in charge, uh, and this is uh, in Afghanistan. They've removed the general that was in charge. They're replacing him uh, with this general because he is highly regarded as being someone that can, uh, you know – find the solution and, and he's been successful throughout his career. And, and so they're bringing him in basically to try to wrap things up in Afghanistan. And uh, it's just following that. And, and it's following the perspective of uh, media versus, you know, the general and obviously the high ranking military officials versus the, the local community. And then also the politicians that are back home. So the people that may be, uh, you know, in the general's mind, didn't earn their seat at the table, right? Because they got right. there through charm, and he got there through, you know, decades of military service. And um, anyway, so that that's what it is. It's uh, you know, I don't I don't have a great way of describing it, other than it is somehow very engaging because of Brad Pitt's performance, and uh, and then also because of. Um, uh, ben Kingsley, he, he's awesome, uh, and at the same time, very boring for me. So, um, you Wait, know, the I don't movie or Ben Kingsley. No, the movie, the movie. Okay. No, Ben Ben Kingsley was great. Brad Pitt was great, um, and and again, because there were some it's really a comedy, str- right? Eh, so that's how it was billed to me. That's what I understood. Is it was like a yeah. dark comedy? Yeah. Uh, but I think they mean it dark comedy in the sense that things were really effed up. And not in the sense of it's actually funny. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, some- I mean, yeah, when you said you were talking about it, I kind of looked up some reviews. And this, this review says, Brad Pitt is disappointing in the satire gone wrong. And it basically says that he, he, he plays his character like a goofball. And it just feels way out of place for the movie. So he is, so here's where I don't know. Because I don't know the character that he is playing. Okay, so I don't know that if because he has very specific mannerisms through the whole film, the way he walks, hold his hands, the way he runs, like everything is very unique and it's very odd. And I don't know if it is a caricature of that type of person. Yeah. Or if it is specifically, um, you know, if he's actually mimicking a real person. So because obviously it's based on a real person, but I don't know if his mannerisms are from that person or if he is just more broadly being a caricature of of a high ranking military, whatever general, you know, so that makes it odd because without that context, it does make it difficult to know how to take it. And honestly, some of the mannerisms are so 
weird that it kind of becomes funny, but in like a distracting way. Like, you know, mm. I'm trying to pay attention, but I can't pay attention right now because you're doing weird things with your body. Um, so it, yeah. kept, it keeps pulling you out. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah, I mean, I was expecting I was expecting comedy. And it, it's just again, I think the comedic element is the man. It's a messed up situation. But so, you know, it's it, I don't know. I don't know that I would really describe it as a comedy. It's and again, it's it's pretty it's pretty boring the the thing i did think brad brad pitt's performance was very strong and i also thought ben kingsley's performance was very strong so for me um those performances are the things that kept me engaged sure. swap swap them with anybody else and it's just a it's a don't watch for me so hmm. um anyway but that being the case i'm not telling you not to watch it so it's okay like Throw it on the TV. If you hit this moment of like, I don't know what to do, and I've got two hours and two minutes or whatever it is to kill, um, yeah, I mean, throw it on. I, I don't, th- I don't think that you're gonna feel like, you know, I wasted. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I also don't think you're gonna walk away from it feeling like that was the best two hours I've ever spent. But um, anyway, whatever. It's just pretty middle of the road. But there's another film that may or may not be better because i have no idea pirates of the caribbean <laughs> came out this week and uh, and i'm seeing people talk about it. i'm seeing it in, in our slack community in one podcast.com forward slash slack uh, i'm seeing it in there and then i'm seeing people honestly that's all i check so i'm only seeing it there but i'm hearing andrew and luke talk about it and they've both seen it and so because it came out this week and yeah. i feel like i can't deprive you all of this so andrew and luke why don't you all talk about pirates for the rest of my category okay yeah uh, go ahead, Andrew. Well, here you want me to broadly, do the synopsis of it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do the synopsis, and then, f- and then after the synopsis, so synopsis. Don't give any of your thoughts. Then tell us your rating, and then once okay. we know that, then defend your rating. Sure. Okay. okay. Um. So here's this, the quick synopsis. It is, uh, and you find this out within the first two minutes of the film. So I don't feel like this is a spoiler. Also, um. I saw uh, some interviews uh, last week before the movie even came out that divulged this information. So if you didn't know this, sorry, you'll find it out in the first two minutes. It's not a big spoiler. The movie uh, centers around um, Will Turner's son, uh, who is setting out to try to save his father from the curse of Davy Jones. Um, And so you kind of – the movie takes place – at the beginning of not not right, it's like ten years or nine years after the fu- the last movie um, ended, which is where you find out that that um, Will and Elizabeth Swan have had a baby um, when Will comes back for his once every ten year journey, whatever. Um, so this is ten years after that, and then nine years after that is really where this movie, the bulk of this movie, takes place. Um, it's uh, kind of bringing the band back together. Um, it's very much a pirates movie. If you've if you've seen any of the films, um, each one kind of has its own uh, its own general theme, but the or it's very specific theme, but it's general theme is always the same, right? Um, someone's looking for Jack Sparrow. He's done something wrong. Um, he's, he finds himself in a mess and somehow manages to fumble his way through it and whatever. So, um, the, it's a, it's a very much a, um, what you'd come to expect of a pirates movie, except 
there are some very redeeming things that happen in this film that make it um, a little bit more sentimental than other pirate films. Um, it's uh, yeah, I won't say anything else other than that. Um, but it's it your it general ratings. Takes, yeah, it kind of takes some cues from um, some of the other Bridget Jones's Diary that have been coming out. Yeah, from Bridget Jones' Diary. Okay. Uh, so my basic ratings. Um, I would probably give it an eight and a half. Wow. Luke? Uh, seven. So both of y'all are high from what most of the other aggregated websites are saying. So, uh, Luke, take over. Talk about that. What, what influenced your rating? Right. Um, okay. So I, I would say I probably would fall more in line with um, the other reviews that we've seen come in. But I love Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean. I love that whole world. I love everything about it. Like, well, that's the reason you grow your facial hair the way you do, right? And I don't bathe. And I, I mean, I'm going to be a pirate someday. It's yeah, it's a pirate's life for you. For me, yeah. Yo, you just got to get your boating license and get over your fear of water. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but otherwise, so sequel. close. Um, but no, we call him a land pirate because <laughs> <laughs> he loves the booty. <laughs> You did it. You did it. Um, you are killing it, Patrick. This is great. So yeah, so I like it's um it's it's fun. It has all the cheesiness that you you know and you come to expect. But there's a couple parts in the movie that feel kind of long winded. Um, and parts that were just they were entertaining, but it, it, I found myself going, okay, let's just let's get past this. Um, and uh, a little bit. If it so, I don't know if this is the end of the Pirates franchise as far as movie wise. It seems like it could be set up for more, um, but I thought it was the the end of them. And if they it, have gone on record as saying it is the like all the ad stuff says the final chapter. Sure, like their marketing campaign is that. I understand what you're saying, but is it final but, chapter of? Jack Sparrow, and they can bring um, it in with somebody yeah, else. Sure, yeah, other yeah. characters or whatever. Um, Maybe. If it is the final, I think everything that was added put a nice bow on everything, and it's okay. Uh, right. If it keeps going on, then I think this movie had a lot of extra stuff that just didn't need to be in there. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Is there anything um, you yep. disagree with in that, Andrew? No, I... <laughs> no, I because I have I have a question. I literally just said I agree with that whole. No, I know, but I, I have a <laughs> okay. I have a question for you then because this is one of the the most expensive films the years that it's released, sure. right? Like Pirates is I I don't know if it's specifically the first one or if it's like every you know subsequent one as well, but they are known to be very pricey films. Yeah, um, sure, yeah. And a, and a lot of that just being due to the, like the location and things like that inflate the budget, but then also because mm-hmm. there's a lot of CG and it's a, a lot of awesome Tons talent of and, and, and they make great. a lot of money in the, act, the actors. Yeah. So, but <laughs> that being said, I get this sense. So this is me personally. And I, I not, you know, I don't know to me, there's a lot of, while the movie itself looks nice, there's a lot of the marketing pieces that feel really cheap to me. And feel like kind of weird and gaudy, and they don't feel like they necessarily live up to the quality of the film itself. And I don't know if like the marketing has been degrading over time, like almost like, well, it's going to make a lot of money, so we can kind of like lay off a little bit. Um, and maybe it's because it's just different people. Like, what are some examples of that? 
So, like, like some of the render, like, and I'm talking a lot about like like title packages and um, some of that. Can I take a stab at? Can I take a stab at what you might mean? Sure. Uh, the the movie posters seem almost indistinguishable from the others, sure, from each other. Okay. And um, when you consider that the first movie was made what 15 years ago, yeah, something like that. Um, You'd think that there there would be an advancement in that. <laughs> it just seems really lazy to me. And I was, and so my question was: Has any of that translated to the film? Like, do you get do you get the sense that like some of the pieces feel lazy or like they yeah, haven't the progressed? Or, okay, so just like purely <laughs> the script. script writing, maybe a little bit. But here's the deal: uh, So I felt like the the pirates movies with the last one, the the, the one the iteration before this, number four. Yeah, was it was like uh, at World's End, right? Yeah. I think is what it's called. Which I did see. Um, uh, wait, you did see. I saw them theaters. World's End or Stranger Tides. Stranger, Stranger Tides. Tides. Yeah, Stranger Tides. Um, I uh, I felt like I was over it, right? But yeah, I was, it kind we of watched the all of them. Bit. Yeah, we watched all of them this week, literally starting from one yeah. all the way through. Um, and and it it was it was it felt weak to me. Now this one, it felt like those beats hit on a nostalgic level for me. Sure. Because I knew, or at least I'm going in with the assumption that this is the final one. Exactly. Yep. They they t- they definitely tied a bow on things. They definitely they brought back things from the very first one that felt good. They felt like there was a resolve. Yeah. And it had some of the campiness and some of the cheesiness. Some of the like, there's no way this could ever happen in the real world. I mean, I know, I know, suspended reality, obviously, because there's ghost numerous reasons. Things, but right, exactly. <laughs> but you. For me, I kind of forgave some of those with this one because I felt like it was a that was nice, like a nice what movie, a nice tie back to the original. Which pirates film had the captain like descending the staircase on the ship and like the railing and stuff being blown out while he's like holding it, like walking down? Do you remember? That was three. That was three. That was world's. Yeah, that was world's end. So that that seems like a very iconic scene to me. Just sure. I mean, even for the franchise as a whole. Yeah. Is there a scene of that level in this film? I mean, the the fact that you know the main bad guy, uh if you will, Salazar, his he you know him and his crew are all like kind of half their characters. The CG yeah. like it, it is incredible and and the stuff that some is, characters are only hats. Yeah. The stuff <laughs> that's like done with his ship is is awesome um there's a scene there's a uh there's an execution it's scene it's del toro right it's del toro is who who plays him oh uh, no what's his name uh benicio del toro no. yeah is it i don't think it is who is it i don't know look it I'm up s- i'm saying um, the name wrong okay you keep going i'll look it up there's a scene with an execution uh and i'll leave it at that but that is probably one of the most memorable, like, this feels like the fun of pirates scenes in any of the movies to me. I agree with that. Yeah. Yes. It yes. was just I, really I, we laughed, fun. We laughed a lot during the movie, actually, in a, yeah. lot of, in a lot of different places. This was this was the first one that I felt like there were very, uh, they, were under, they were under the radar enough that kids would never pick up on it. Sure. But there was so much sexual innuendo in this movie yeah. in uh, in the best ways possible. They played with all sorts of fun, um, like double entendres and things like that throughout the film. And and I thought that they played very, like were, very well. There were like eye roll, like cameos. There were like some kind of, I, to me, 
Um, yeah, like Paul McCartney. Yeah, that was unnecessary. Was like, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah. There was like a there was a whole situation with uh, you see stuff that happened in the past that felt a little weird. Like I don't Javier know. Javier Bardem. That's who it is. Javier Bardem. Yep. That's uh, a big difference. Spectre and No Country for Old Men. Yep. Um, yep. That that whole stuff with the stuff that happened in the past felt um, while it was done technically well, it felt out of place a little bit. Um, and then uh, Jack, I will say this for this movie, Jack didn't feel as much like the Jack that I know or I expected. Um, yeah. This movie wasn't as much about him. I right, like right. it's a weird thing. weird thing to say when you see the film, that'll make sense. But um, yeah, there were some other characters. And again, if you consider that this is potentially the last film, at least that's how they build it. Right. Um, there's a lot of redemption in this film. And uh, for me, it tugged enough at those heartstrings, tugged enough at the nostalgia that I overlooked or gave leniency right. on some of the yep. cheesiness. Yep. Um, but anyway, it's a Pirates movie. If you love the Pirates movies, you're, you're not going to be disappointed at all. Um, it'll be better than – it was better than what I expected because four for me was like, okay, really? Yeah. Um, this was uh, a good – a good send off if it was indeed that. So. I agree with that. So, Patrick, let me ask you because we were texting earlier and you said, No, I have no plans to see it. Are you not a fan of the Pirates movies or what? It, no, I'm not. I mean, I'm not, uh, okay. honestly. Like, I, I've okay. seen, uh, I've probably seen two out of the franchise. Sure. And neither of them hit very hard for me. And, and that coupled with the reviews, which have been probably mediocre at best, uh, right. isn't enough to make me break the fact that I just am not really a fan of the franchise anyway. Gotcha. That's fair. Yeah. So, okay. all right. Absolutely. That's all it for right. me. Well, those are, that's your two-movie review. Uh, it's your double, double movie action double feature. this time around. That's right. Double feature. That's nice. Um, I'm going to round the bases then on master categories, and I have art and design. I'm going to do something that I haven't done in a while. I'm going to talk about an artist. Um <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about like the stuff we've been talking about with art and design. It's Desks. It, it's not that we've been like taking games, you know. <laughs> yeah, but but this I'm going to actually talk about an actual artist. So um, this is a person I've been following for, um, gosh, probably a year or more on Instagram. They told you to stop yet? Nope. So the artist's name is Trudy Castle, and it's a it's a lady who is from London originally, um, but now uh, she lives in Vancouver, Canada, um, and she's a concept artist and a game artist. Yeah. And her work is is so fun. It's so unique. It's so different. She goes by the handle of Lady T, um, like T-E-A, on Instagram, and that's where I, I found her initially. Um, but the, the work has this playfulness to it. It has a sense of, like, hyper-realism. Um, but then she has her, like, original characters – uh, it's called Coffee Crew. I don't know if 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 you guys have seen this before, but it's like um, uh, these like owl bird figures who go on these quests. It kind of reminds me of like Adventure Time meets Zelda. Okay. Um, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, meets like an Andrew Kolb drawing. That's honestly like that is the amalgamation that would be what her art reminds me of. Okay. Um, but it's so much fun. Her like one of the main characters in that is this cloaked coffee cup. Um, it's got a body underneath, but it's a coffee cup as the head. And then like, uh, the steam comes out. Her style is so unique and so fun. Um, my hope would be that at some point in the near future, we would have her on the show. She, but she does concept art for games as well. She's currently working on, um, 
Gosh, what's the name of the game? Darkest I just, Dungeon. I just forgot. Oh, Darkest yeah. Darkest Dungeon. I, as soon as I looked at that, I instantly recognized her art. It's amazing. Yeah. So um, go check out her website. Her website is Trudy, T-R-U-D-I-Art.com. Um, follow her on Instagram for sure because she's always putting out great, great stuff. Uh, but, gosh, her her the, her color choice, her composition, um, all of that mixed with her stylistic approach to things um, makes her, like, top top of the charts for me. Yeah. Um, so uh, go check cool her out, Lady T, Trudy Castle. Um, so on that note, I think we're going to go ahead and call this one done. Uh, it's a shorter one this week, so you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> uh, you can check us out on mofonepodcast.com where you can find show notes and links to all the stuff we just talked about in this episode. Um, and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. I don't know why Twitter came punched out like that but uh find us on social media just search m of one podcast connect with us on there talk with us we want to talk with you uh, and then find us on slack patrick mentioned it earlier in the episode go to m of one podcast.com slash slack to join the conversation um it is a great great time in there you don't want to miss out on that if you're not part of that make sure you get there now um itunes and stitcher you can subscribe to the show this week we have a great guest coming up on friday you want to make sure you subscribe before that so it comes to you ever so easily to your phone she's a lady device she's a lady <laughs> yep um whoa whoa so whoa. she's a lady <laughs> nice um and then after you do that patrick what do you do you rate and review us in it because here's why it helps us <laughs> it does us a lot of good and uh, and then we will read whatever you say on the air so like if you have a message if you have very strong political opinions um religious uh ideologies that you want to communicate to a large number Maybe. of people <laughs> This is the way to do it. I mean, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> or or just if you want to tell us about how the show is. Yeah, or or that that, that would say if there's a third option. If there's I would a say scene. we're slightly more interested in that part of it, but I would yeah, I would say I'm I'm more than slightly but here's more. But that's let me fine. say what I'm yeah. disappointed in. We haven't got to read any reviews lately, so please go leave a review because I want to read it on the air. That's the reason this episode is short because we leave space. We've got so we've got about fifty reviews. We know that we have more than fifty regular <laughs> listeners. So if you're a regular listener, and I would I would constitute a regular listener as somebody who's listened more than to to, to more than four episodes, right? Yeah. You're a regular listener, um, and just leave us a comment on there, drop a note, and uh, add a rating because it does help us a ton. I know you hear us say that every single week, unless you turn off as soon as Patrick introduces himself. Um, <laughs> that's uh. <laughs> But it really does help us a ton, so uh, we, we're not above begging, obviously. Uh, you can also join us on Patreon, where you can support the show financially. You can just uh, you can become a patron for as little as $1. You can become a blooper patron for as little as 5 um, Every little bit ha- counts, and it helps a ton. Uh, this, this stuff isn't free, and the, the free isn't cheap. Okay. How does that go? Is yeah, that the phrase? That is not yeah, the phrase sure. at all, but sure. Okay. Either way, we're going to get out of here for this episode. I'm Andrew. I'm Patrick. I'm Luke. Peace out. Bye. Hold on to your butts.
that in my heyday. I don't need to. Oh. Really? <laughs> really? Well, really? what if he's... Hey, really? I need to make sure I don't talk directly into my mic. Because... It's not even funny. I don't even possibly funny. Is that what I sound like? Yeah. Y'all are my two best friends. Yeah.